Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind, not on a jungle trail, not on a desert trail, and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the VA, log on to www.hadit.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the SVR uh, or the Hadit uh, podcast here. On this fifth day of uh, March 2014, we're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and Stretch, our technician, and uh, uh, today T-Bird's in there with us, and we're glad to have her. And our guest speaker today will be Dr. Thompson. She's with the Suicide Hotline, and uh, uh, she's going to be hitting on some some things, their, their program and what all they do, and that. That suicide hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. Now, that suicide hotline number, again, is 1-800-273-8255. And, of course, our our, uh, number here that you can call in and and uh, ask a question or make a comment is 347-237-4819. So feel free to call in. How are you doing today, Dr. Thompson? Oh, thank you so much for asking. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. It's such a pleasure to be here today to talk with all of you about uh, about the Veterans Crisis Line and the Suicide Prevention Program at the VA. Well, we're only too happy to have you. Uh, this has been one of the, I feel, a successful story for the VA at generating the suicide hotline number. And also, it works for the Homeless vets, too, don't you accept the calls from them? Absolutely. We accept calls from anybody. Uh, that's uh, anybody who's a veteran, who's a family member or a friend of a veteran who may be concerned about their loved one. Um, and we also accept uh, calls from anyone who uh, is still a service member, active duty, um, and that 1-800-273-8255 number, when you call that, there will be a prompt that will say, if you are a veteran and a service member or a family member or friend, press 1. So those, it's always important to remember to press 1. Um, if you don't press 1, your call will be routed to your local crisis center in your town. So if I was in, um, if I was in uh, Tampa, Florida, then and I didn't press one, then my call would get routed to the local Tampa crisis center. And they know if you're a veteran and you forgot to press one, they know to transfer back to the crisis line. Um, but the veterans crisis line is, is uh, as you said, is specifically out of the VA. We've been running since 2007. Um, we've had over one million calls uh, since then. Um, from all around the world, uh, and it's just been an incredible, um, an incredible experience to be a part of. Just to briefly give uh, an introduction of myself, I am currently the Deputy Director of Suicide Prevention for the VA, but I did spend five years working on the crisis line uh, as a psychologist, uh, clinical care coordinator, um, so I was helping with all of the, the clinical work uh, on the line. I actually worked in the line myself for the first six months 
um, of my time there, which was unbelievable. So I took the call. And uh, and now I'm in a bit more of an administrative position, but the Veterans Crisis Line now has over 300 people working for it, and uh, they're extraordinary people. We're open 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, we also have an online chat service, which is at www.veteranscrisisline.net, N-E-T, and so if you don't feel comfortable in picking up the phone and calling but would rather chat online with someone one-on-one, that's an, op- that's an opportunity for you. Um, and uh, that's 24-7 as well. And then we also have a texting service. So you can text anyone at the, at the Veterans uh, Crisis Line at 838 Again, 838255, and uh, we have people texting us all the time. And one final thing before I, before I stop talking, sorry, um, is that yeah. <laughs> I wanted to just make sure people knew you don't have to be suicidal to call the crisis line. We want to talk with people before they're suicidal. Of course, if you are feeling suicidal, please, please call us. But we also want to talk with people who are just really struggling. We want to talk with people, again, before they become suicidal. If you're in any sort of crisis and whatever that means to you, we want you to reach out to us so that we can help talk you through it, give you support, potentially connect you with local local resources. Um, but we're here for everybody. Well, that's really wonderful. I'll tell you what, uh, there has been a great need for uh, such operation. And for many years, I think, uh, uh, especially uh, veterans in the depressed state uh, need some some help. Uh, they need it terrible bad. And... and uh, uh, Teresa, you had a a uh, testimonial you was going to give to us about the suicide hotline, and uh, uh, what was that? Yeah, let me let me let me do that. Let me tell you, um, uh, you know, I have PTSD and major depression, and I run hadit.com and. But you know, there's it's two sides of a coin. I'm still a veteran with PTSD and major depression. So, and uh, within the past two months, uh, I had it. I had mixed up my medications, and uh, and I had started to feel passively suicidal. Then sort of like worried that I was going to become actively suicidal and about seven o'clock in the morning one day I just realized I I was in a lot of trouble so I immediately called my niece and she said I'm on my way there and I uh, went to the veterans crisis line Dot net. I dialed the 800 number. I pressed one. I got a very, very gentle, kind, and compassionate man who helped me and really cared about me. The things I he said to me, what you know, you know, he assessed where I was if I was in immediate danger, so that he could help me. And then he asked me what I needed from him. And I told him that my niece was on her way and we were going to the hospital. But I was just really scared of being alone for that 15, 20-minute time period. And he said, you don't have to be alone. And he stayed with me. And... He helped me through a meditation to 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 more ground me and get me away from the really very bad thoughts I was having. And before he even started the meditation, 
and I and I just you know I just felt him. This was just kindness and compassion in his voice. I wish I could find a word to describe what a difference that makes. And before he started the meditation, he let me know. Now you know as we go through this, you may feel this or you may feel that. So I wasn't just going somewhere with somebody, you know, without knowing what I was getting into. Because, you know, with PTSD, trust is a big issue. And I don't know about anybody else out there, but feeling suicidal uh, is not something you really want to tell people uh so if you are, you know, if you can reach out to help to hear some kind, compassionate, helpful, I mean, and they will get help to you if you need it right away uh, without any judgment, no judgment from your family, your spouse, your significant other, your kids, your neighbors, your buddies, and get the help you need because if you die, it's over. It's just over. Everything is over. It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem, which sounds, you know, like we've all heard that, but it's just so true. And on the topic of when should you call, how Dr. Thompson said she wants to, they want to hear from you before that happens. I personally had a lot of trouble with that. I had to, like, actually, you know, like, get a concrete picture in my head. And I remember asking my therapist, you know, well, I'm never, you know, I'm never really sure when I should call, you know. And she's like, just call right away. And I'm like, so, you know, I don't have to be on the stepladder with the rope hanging over the rafter in the basement before I call. She's like, no, you shouldn't even be, don't even, you know. <laughs> Call before you even go get the stepladder, okay, Teresa? Is that clear? <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, because I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm just crying out for attention. It's just terrible. And, you know, I've had, like, people try to physically kill me. And they were easier to fight off than that voice inside my head that tries to kill me. And I just I want to thank Dr. Thompson and ask her to send my thanks to all the people who work at this. This is so important. Suicide has been a huge problem. I've lost many friends, many many friends to suicide, uh, and all all veterans. And now somebody cares. Uh, Teresa, do you feel that the uh, first time you call in, uh, of course, I would suspect that would be the the most difficult time to get through that first hurdle? It is. It is the most difficult. But, you know, the anonymousness of it takes away a lot of the anxiety because these people don't know you. And if you're worried that, oh, my God, they're going to send an ambulance to your house or something, I mean, maybe that's what you need. I mean, if you're that close, there's an ambulance coming to your house one way or the other. And do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've had... I've had that experience, and you can't let embarrassment or pride or anything get in the way. You have to fight it as though it was a combatant in battle. And so in battle, you have weapons. And in civilian life, we have resources. And so... If we were fighting someone who was trying to take our life, we would fight with everything we had, with every weapon we had available to us. And veterans are very innovative. And so if you think of the thoughts of suicide as an enemy combatant, 
and places like the Veterans Crisis Line and weapons you can use against it as uh, are maybe maybe you've been in this battle for so long you need help you can call the crisis line and maybe they can get you into the hospital maybe you just need a safe place to retreat and get stabilized and get back on your feet and I just I think I got a little emotional I'm sorry I just feel very strongly about this Oh no, you're fine. Uh, can I can I just jump in? Go um, ahead. Sure. Thank you, Teresa. I just want to thank you so much for that story. Um, I'm first. I'm just so glad that you're doing doing well, um, and uh, and your story is just so powerful. And you're absolutely right on on all accounts in terms of the level of compassion and care that the the people who pick up the phone have and that's what we that's what we want we want people to feel cared for that's we because we do we care we we are there for for all of you um and to be able to just pick up the phone and have somebody with you for 15 minutes as you're waiting for your niece to pick you up is um that can just be in itself so important and so powerful so i'm so glad that you had that experience um, I do want to. I want to make sure that that people know that <clears throat> it's uh, what Teresa is saying as far as the anonymity is so true. You never have to provide your name. Um, you don't have to provide any information. If you get on and chat with us, we don't. Um, we might ask you for your first name so that we can, you know, speak with you. And you don't have to give us your real first name. You don't have to give us any information. But we want you to feel comfortable to be able to reach out. And in terms of ambulances being sent, I know that that's sometimes the fear is if I call the crisis line or if I call someone, they're going to send the police, they're going to send an ambulance right away. And know that, as Teresa said, there may be times when that might happen only because you're not able to stay safe and you might need that immediately. Um, but know that those times are few and far between. We want people to feel comfortable to call us. Um, and if there are times when, you're, when you are not able to stay safe and, <clears throat> excuse me, perhaps you, you, are, you aren't able to to talk with us through, you know, unloading the weapon that's next to you, um, then that might that might lead us to work with you in terms of uh, in terms of getting help immediately. But overall, for the most part, um, we we just want to collaborate with you on the phone as far as what you need at that moment. Absolutely, I I support that statement a hundred percent. I did not. You know, I don't want anybody to worry about that because it's rare cases. But, uh, you know, I mean, just an examples that Dr. Thompson gave are really good. And it's just sometimes if you're suicidal, chances of you being able, I mean, you know, you're pretty, mentally you're pretty busy. And they can they can get you to the right hospitals, and they can you know they can just help you with a lot of things they can get you or they can keep sometimes I can't drive by myself, so if I had to drive myself to the hospital, he would have talked to me on the phone the entire time I was driving, which is uh you know, I mean, for people who've been suicidal out there, I I know they understand how important that can be. Because maybe you couldn't, maybe I couldn't make it if somebody wasn't talking to me. Absolutely, that's so so true. We've been on the phone. We we spent hours and hours on the phone with people who were who are driving. I, I remember one situation where there was a man who was um, who was driving across the state in a in his um, in his semi, uh, he was working um, as a truck driver, and we talked him through his drive for like eight hours um, because he had um, in, he had a, an, um, a, a surplus of uh, 
of insulin with him and was hope was going to to kill himself with the insulin and we were able to stay on the phone with them so so these are the situations um when when you might want to call and also um in terms of getting you connected with local services <clears throat> i want to make sure everyone's aware that at every VA around the country there are uh, men and women who work as suicide prevention coordinators. And those are our local links to um, the VAs around the country. So when someone calls the crisis line and they agree to get a, a connection with that local suicide prevention coordinator, the crisis line responder will gather the information from um, from the veteran and uh, will then pass that information along to the suicide prevention coordinator in his or her area. And then that suicide prevention coordinator calls the veteran back within 24 business hours in order to follow up to make sure that their treatment team is aware that they might not be doing well um, and really help with a lot of uh, different different pieces of, of what might be going on locally with the person and provide resources. So. That's become a very elegant uh, system of referral and, and location because what we know, and I think Teresa, this speaks to so much of how um, how you're doing, is is we need people to uh, have ready access to quality care, and so immediate access to care. If you're in a crisis, if you're feeling suicidal, and one way of doing that is calling the crisis line. But then what we want is we want them to get into treatment or get them longer-term um, help so that, uh, they are, so that they continue to do better because what we found is that treatment works. And so the fact, Teresa, that you're, you have your therapist who encourages you to call the crisis line when you're, when you're just, you know, not even when you're suicidal, um, is so important because that also speaks to you are getting into a longer um, relationship with somebody who can really help you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, doctor, uh, do the counselors ever follow up with the veterans? I mean, you know, after the crisis is over, do they ever follow up with the veteran or anyone? <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for asking that because, um, yes, in fact, they do. If the veteran agrees, um, and so and 99% of the time the veteran says, sure, give me a call back, um, but we do what we call uh, compassionate callbacks two weeks after, two, two to four weeks or so after the initial call. So if at the end of the call, um, the veteran, uh, at the end of the call, the, the responder might say to the veteran, um, just want to see how you're doing in a couple weeks. Is it okay for me to call you back? And um, and you don't have to at all if you say, no, I think I'm doing okay now and no need to call back, no problem. Um, but we do want to provide that um, that ability to link up with the veteran after a few weeks and ensure that they're still doing okay. And uh, most of the time, and this is this is such a wonderful piece of, uh, the responder's job because they can follow up and and um, nine times out of ten the veteran is doing better. They're grateful for the support. And that one time out of ten when the veteran isn't doing as well as um, as uh, they could be, then we can perhaps talk them through what other resources we can help them with, talk them through wherever they are then, and perhaps put them back in touch with their local uh, VA and their local suicide prevention coordinator. I think that's so important because, you know, in a perfect world, everything works out well, but sometimes things get dropped through the cracks. And this, you know, if the veteran agrees, and I bet most veterans do agree because it's just nice sometimes to know that somebody cares that you're still around. Yeah. Uh, and you know, maybe they did, you know, make an appointment, but things got mixed up or something, and it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a net. Uh, exactly, just, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of a net, and uh, it's always better to, to work with a net. 
Yeah. And I just wanted to let you know that uh, I've added uh, one of your web page banners to the homepage of com, and I'll be working on adding a banner to the side of the forum page from your crisis line net. And I also posted into the SVR forum on this topic uh, your website address and the crisis line phone number. Fantastic. Thank you so much for doing that. And you can get oh, all thank those. You. Yeah, you can get all of those uh, free. So if anyone's listening and has their own website where they want to put a banner up or anything like that, um, you, there's a place uh, that Teresa uh, found on, on VeteransCrisisLine.net um, where you can just download the banner and get that get that logo up. So thank you for bringing yes, that up. It's, yeah, it's very easy to do. It's just they have the code already there. You just copy and paste it for anybody out there who has their own websites. So. Uh, Dr. Thompson, I have another question here. If uh, how many or what percentage of veterans call in um, that are so fed up with their claims they feel like uh, their t- uh, treatment from the VA and the claims process and the things? is such a state that they just cannot handle it anymore. Do you have any any uh, statistics on that? You know, yeah, it's a, it's a good question, and unfortunately we don't have any statistics on that, but I do know anecdotally that um, that, that process can be very, very frustrating. And so we certainly do get calls from veterans who are just um, who have been waiting for a long time, and are um, and are getting more and more frustrated. And um, you know, as even though we're not able to specifically help with those claims, uh, that claims process, we can certainly um, really help and support and um, uh, and empathize with uh, with the, the struggles that the that you're going through as you're getting through what can be a very complicated and, and frustrating process. Yes, uh, I could... <laughs> if you don't have PTSD before you start on a claim, you're going to have it after you're about four or five years down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's I know it's tough. You know, the VA is 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 really trying the best that they can to uh to work through these. I know that sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but um but it certainly is a priority for our secretary Shinseki. So um so but I, I hear you. I I can't imagine what that's like. Uh yeah. But uh another thing on uh, how many veterans are we losing a day? Do you get are you uh, able to keep track of that? So we recently, uh, well, in the last year or so, we have our suicide data report, and that brings in um, information from a lot of different sources around the country so that we can have the best estimate as possible as far as the number of veterans we're losing in data suicide. And at this point, um, it's about 22 veterans a day is what we found, which is just uh, just really devastating. Um, That's staggering. Yeah. It is. You're absolutely right. And veterans, do they die by suicide at a higher rate than the general population. Um, and so of all of those um, individuals in the general population who die by suicide, which is pulling about 36,000 people a year, about 20% of those are veterans. Um, and there are a number of reasons why this might be. Um, one of the primary reasons is um, that veterans use firearms more than the general population in their um, attempts. And as we all know, firearms are the, really the most lethal way to die um, in, immediately, um, whereas 
you know, if you took medications, there might be an opportunity um, a longer period of time to try to, to find somebody or for the person to reach out and say, I didn't want to do this. So um, we also, I, uh, we're, but we're, we're certainly uh, still trying to understand and, and learn about those veterans who are dying by suicide. Um, one thing that we have found in the, our most recent um, information is that veterans who are in VA care, so veterans who uh, go to the VA, die by suicide less than veterans who don't go to VA care. So in, in overall, about 40% or so of veterans actually use the VA, and those who don't have higher rates of suicide than those who do seek care. And so the bottom line from that information is that treatment works, and we really want to get people into VA care. And um, you know, as you've all been saying, the VA Suicide Prevention Program um, and the crisis line is, has been such a needed, uh, a needed thing for, for a number of years, but um, it seems like the work that we're doing is, is helping. And so if you're a veteran who is listening and isn't in VA care, um, it's really, it would be really important for you to enroll um, and to, to really get into, into the VA because it is it has been found that um that veterans who are in VA care do better than those who aren't. Um, yeah, I can I can attest to that personally and uh for the PTSD and MST veterans out there uh there are vet centers available to you also not just the VA hospitals and the vet centers have counselors and uh if you're uh, combat, well, depending on the area in or any MST vet uh, can get seen there, but I always say go and check it out. It's an entirely different experience. It's very supportive. They are part of the VA, but you may feel more comfortable getting a psychologist or a, a counselor there. I'm so glad you brought that up, Teresa. Yes, the vet centers are fantastic, and um, they, uh, even though they are sort of part of the VA, they don't have the same record system, but we certainly have um, ongoing collaboration with the vet centers, but it is uh, many, many times a, a, a more comfortable place for um, combat, combat veterans and their families to seek help. So we love our vet yeah, centers. Yeah, I, I couldn't recommend it any higher. And... Uh, so, I mean, and this is, you know, this is quite wonderful because, uh, you know, I got out in December of 1990, so it was 1991. There was not a lot of information or assistance or really much of anything. You were just, you know, who you got it from was the other veterans. I mean, the other exactly. veterans... Yeah, they're the ones who tell me, you know, go go over here to, you know, mental health and, you know, get seen because, you know, you're not going to be able to do this on your own. I don't care what you think. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. We want, yeah. We, I mean, word of mouth is so important, and but we are trying to also be so proactive in, in getting people into care, too. And I have to mention my predecessor, uh, Dr. Jan Kemp, who really... Um, laid the foundation for all of this work. She started the crisis line. Um, she she was the first uh, national mental health director in suicide prevention for the VA. Um, an extraordinary woman who I know has been on your show a couple of times. And uh, and it's, it's I don't think that any veteran um, could thank anyone enough as as Dr. Kemp. It's, it's been an honor to work under her and with her. Um, and so uh, I just wanted to make sure that, that I, I shared that, too, because I know that you all have really uh, an affection for her as well. Yes, that is true. And, uh, you know, uh, and you can tell the people who have an affection for veterans. 
uh, like my psychologist is not a veteran, but she has a true affection and respect and caring and compassion for veterans. You can just tell, and that that can make the difference on programs throughout the VA. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Those of us who aren't veterans, um, we are we are in this work because we have such a, a compassion and we feel, find it to be such an honor um, to work with all of you. And um, it, I, I, this has become my calling. Um, I am not a veteran, but uh, I absolutely, absolutely love my work and I will never leave the, the VA system for that reason. So, mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Mway, many, many of, um, of the people who work at the VA um, and the vet centers are not veterans, as, as Teresa is saying. Um, on the crisis line, um, I think less than 20% of uh, our responders are veterans and uh, we so appreciate those responders who are veterans Lots of family members of veterans are on the crisis line, but um, but we all do it because um, we're here for you, and uh, and we want to be uh, part of your lives and your recovery. and um, And I, I I'm so glad that you brought that up. And I have another question about families because I uh, I was lucky enough to uh, get a a PTSD service dog uh, a year ago. Yeah, Yeah, it's just made a huge difference in my life. And I got it through a local organization in St. Louis called Support Dogs at no cost to me whatsoever. And uh, it was uh, usually uh, you have to pay for the equipment but uh, support dogs along with uh, uh, a women's uh, legion post has raised a fund for disabled veterans. So it pays for your equipment. And during the time I was doing this, I met a, a gold star mother who had not that long ago lost her son in Afghanistan. And so my question to you is, now those those people, the, they must become suicidal at some point. Who do they call? They call us too. Um, yeah. So even if even if you're a family member of someone who um, of a veteran, but you're not calling about the veteran, instead you're calling about themselves. We want you to reach out to us as well. We want people who are perhaps struggling with their grief over losing um, their veteran to uh, um, to war or to suicide, or um, or they're just struggling because their son or daughter has come home from Afghanistan and is a different person, and they're not sure how to how to cope with uh, that change themselves. Um, we want you to call call us, and we can then also connect you um, with uh, with with resources. But but most importantly, support you and talk you through um, what you're coping with too. So absolutely, we want uh, any family member or friend for any reason to call us. Oh, that's wonderful, folks. Let's take that's a wonderful. little bit of break here and pay some bills for about twenty seconds. Oh, go go right ahead. Go ahead, Mike. You're listening to the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind, not on a jungle trail, not on a desert trail, and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the VA, log on to www.hadit.com. Taking good care of me, John. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for that, John. Uh, T-Bird, go ahead. You was uh, talking there. Oh, I, you know, I think that's so important that the families are supported because, you know, once 
the people come and the flags are set aside and you're left sitting in your home alone knowing the phone's not going to ring again and the door's not going to open, then who do you, you know, who do you go to at that point? That's not going to judge you and is, you know, going to honor and respect the sacrifice, your loss, and your anger and your grief. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, so that is absolutely, uh, as I said, uh, an opportunity for you to reach out to somebody um, through the crisis line. Um, You know, vet centers are fantastic as far as uh, working with family members um, and uh, and other resources that um, throughout. I know that um, TAPS, the TAPS organization, which is at www.taps.org, uh, is also a tragedy assistance um, program for uh, for family members and friends who have lost a loved one in any uh, circumstance, and a military uh, loved one. So they are also available, and there are local chapters um, throughout the country, and uh, and oh, we can help. Chaps, that's a that's a great resource. I'm tweeting it now. Ah, uh, good. Yes, it is. It's fantastic. One thing uh, that sort of concerns me, uh, Doctor Thompson, is these drones that's acting on impulse without any thought, or you know, just boom, they just. I mean, oh, what yeah. criteria for those? If you can find out about them, if you can reach them in time, I think you could cut your suicide rate down considerably. Trouble is, uh, uh, the process go happens so fast. It's it's difficult to stop it unless someone in the family was to call the hotline and say. I'm really concerned about so and so. Yeah, that is that issue of impulsivity is a tough one um, because um, you know you when you're in the military you are trained in so many ways to respond so quickly, um, and so that that uh, may continue with you as after you leave the military. Um, and one may become more impulsive or as impulsive. And so um, one thing to, uh, that, that people who are getting treatment from the VA through PTSD groups or through, um, through maybe anger management groups um, is training and learning how to um, tamp down that impulsivity so it really is getting into care uh, if you find that you become impulsive and, you know, want to be violent or want to harm yourself or want to do much more high-risk things than you have done before. Um, and that's just a sign of, you know, something is off here and uh, and I want to make sure that I keep myself safe and my family safe and, you know, everyone safe. So I need to I need to reach out. Yeah, and I I think that other veterans saying, look, you know, that's not right. You know, you don't have to be this way. It can change. You know, because we can reach out as much as we. I mean, we can reach out a lot, but it's it's tough to get people into care. And if they're acting out impulsively or, like, for instance, if you find yourself going to dive bars and waiting for fights to start lots of nights of the week, then probably, you know, something's not right. Yeah. If your friends know and you're doing it, you know, and somebody's a veteran. I mean, it was the other veterans. I mean, you know like a combat-worn veteran 
looks at me and says, look, you're going to have to get go into treatment because you, you, you're not going to, I don't care what you think, you're not going to be able to do this yourself. Yeah. It's, it's a sobering experience. Absolutely. And it, so it is, it's everyone taking care of each other. So it is, your your brothers and sisters, you know, look from from your, the military looking at you and saying, "Listen, this is something is going on here, and um, and I'm worried about you," and not confronting them in in getting care, but in fact collaborating with them and saying, "I I care about you, and let's go to the VA together, or um, let's let's figure out a way to." To make this um, to make this better, I think you need some help, and so let's work together to find that help because I'm worried and I care. Exactly, I reached to a, a veteran and told him about the veteran center and gave him the phone number, and then followed up with text messages and told him I'd go with him the first time if he wanted me to. I said, or if you just want to, you know, drive by it and see where it is. Or you just want to come for coffee. And then you want to go to the vet center, you don't want to go to the vet center. doesn't matter because you're just having coffee with yep. me. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. And, you know, the other, another thing that you can do with somebody is if you've talked with them about the crisis line and they say, ah, I would never call a crisis line or I would never chat with someone um, online, you can say, well, I've done it before or I, you know, I haven't done it before, but let's, let's just call together just to test it. Let's just see what happens when we call this number. Um, and let's quick talk with somebody and just say, yeah, we're just testing out the line, just a couple of veterans just want to, Make sure, you know, see how it's going. But that will then help people really see what that experience is like so that when they need it, um, it's not going to be as scary as it might have been otherwise. I think that's very true, and that's why I felt it was important to share my story. Although it is scary to share that story in a public forum, but... I think it's important for people to know other people who've done it and would do it again if need be, and that it was a good experience. Absolutely. I'm so glad you did. Thank you. <laughs> well, still here. Uh, Doc Thompson, can I ask a question for a second here? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, John. Um we know certain times of the year, you know, people have, uh, you know, we have a lot of people that have uh, a lot of depressive, depressive type disorders and things like that. Is there certain times of the year that your line is busier than others, say, for example, around holidays and uh, things like that? Is, that? is that we see an increase in the spike of calls you guys receive? Yeah, that's such a good question, John. Um, you know, we, we have found um, that... The cost may increase a bit after the holidays, um, especially after uh, Christmas and, and in December. Um, during the holidays, we haven't had an increase of calls necessarily, but we certainly um, have some of our folks who are feeling the most distressed call us. Um, but uh, our numbers just continue to go up anyway, so it's tough to... Uh, it's tough to tell at times, um, and whether it's because there was a local um, public service announcement, or or um, someone was listening to the podcast, or you know, it's hard to tell at times. The numbers are going up, which is in many ways heartbreaking because it means that so many people are struggling. But at the same time, it's also very, very heartening because it means that people are reaching out. So, um, so, so uh, at this point, you know, people will call us during anniversaries of um, something that may have happened to them uh, during their experience in the military or an anniversary of the death of a loved one. Um, so it can really kind of stagger. 
Well, you know, I wonder if if 22 veterans a day are succeeding, how many are thinking about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, absolutely, pretty stunning. It is. You're absolutely right. Now, you guys are affiliated, I guess, in somewhat with the VA, right? Yes. So all of our we we are uh, VA funded program. We are out of the VA. All of our responders and staff members are VA employees. Okay, that's good because I was, you know, kind of thinking if it wasn't, we'd we'd have to try to make make sure it was. Yeah. No, we are. <laughs> okay, because you know they're open, they're responsible for the patient's health, no matter whether it be mental health or or physical health. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Well, John, do we have anything else for Dr. Thompson? Well, Dr. Thompson, how many uh, calls do you get in a day? So at this point, we get about 1,000 calls a day or so. Um, Wow. Yes, and again, it's from all over the world. We have, uh, and I want to make sure that those who are, who may be listening or who have family members who are still um, in active duty or who are service members, um, the Veterans Crisis Line is also called the Military Crisis Line. We double branded it. So you may see materials that says the Military Crisis Line, and we did that because we want our service members to call when they're in crisis too and mm-hmm. we're setting up we're setting up connections and working collaboratively with the DOD um, to make sure that there is longer term care for those who may be in immediate crisis so um, and we have uh, then um, GSN numbers around the world in Afghanistan and in Europe as well as in Korea um, so uh, so we have calls from, from all over the place. Well, you know, I would think it would be, you know, in a combat situation, if somebody is feeling suicidal and they're, I mean, I don't know how you, it would be hard to, I don't know how you would distinguish that because after all, you're walking into enemy fire, so... You know, I mean, I know that doesn't have to do with crisis line, but it just occurs to me that people who are getting shot at and who are shooting people and getting blown up and such, it must be very difficult to check in sort of emotionally where people are. Yeah, it's it's a good point. And so we we want to help try to talk people through that and see where they might be. Um, we also get a lot of people from abroad who are chatting with us online because that can be a lot easier at times. Or if they're, you know, in a tent somewhere with their, uh, and they're sharing a tent with somebody, um, they may feel more comfortable just sitting on their computer and reaching out that way. Um, but yeah, oh, it, yeah, it can be very confusing. That's- Right. The the texting thing is really, really great because sometimes you can write what you cannot say. Yeah, absolutely. Out loud. Absolutely, yeah. The richness of, and, you know, people say, well, how much can people really talk about in 150 characters or less? And, you know, we have done some uh, incredible work in getting people through crises over text. Um, because people are able to communicate um, very, very well through their writing, sometimes more than through talking. So, yes, and as the newer generation of veterans arrive, they're very familiar with technology. Exactly. So the, they're, you know, that's the first place they're going to go, not the last place they'd look. Exactly, and so that's why we have all these different. Um, ways that people can reach out through through the text or the chat or the phone because we want people to reach out in a way that they're most comfortable. And uh, do you guys, uh, I know that uh, they have a PTSD app out that sort of 
reminds you monthly and has sort of a little check-in you can do and uh, right, but the, the phone. Do you have something like that? Yeah, that, so that's the PTSD Coach app, which is fantastic. Right, right. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. A, yeah. Um, so a, we, the Veterans Crisis Line doesn't have an app, but we do have a mobile site. So if you want to just save the www.veteranscrisisline.net in your phone, or you can, of course, save the phone number in your favorite section of your phone or your contact list. But our mobile, right. we have a mobile site that's, um, oh, that's even better. That's, that's even much better. better to look at over the over your smartphone. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so, yes, please check that out, and you can then save it onto your favorite uh, favorite sites or whatever. Good. Thank you for that. Uh, Doctor Thompson. Uh, what about your homeless veterans? Uh, how's your program going with those? So, yeah, um, so the Veterans Pipeline is separate from the Homeless Call Center. Um, oh. and, uh, but we have a call center for homeless veterans, too, that people can call. Um, and um, I am completely... Uh, I, Waking on that phone number, and I'm so sorry. I should have that at the ready, but um, but I'm sure that someone can look that up, and you can post that on your web page too. Um, I believe it's eight six six four AID vet. But uh, um, but anyway, if you're a homeless veteran or you're concerned about a homeless veteran, you can call that number. We also have a homeless chat service, uh, which people can access through the VeteransCrisisLine.net website. And the homeless uh, call center is up in upstate New York where the Veterans Crisis Line is. And so there's a lot of collaboration between those two call centers. So if you're homeless and you call the Veterans Crisis Line, um, we can ensure that you're in touch with the homeless call center to, to, to help with um, if, especially if you're, um, you know, perhaps losing your home in the next couple of days and you have nowhere to go, we can help uh, you to find some resources in your area where you can go. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, I don't know. We're getting close to running out of time here, uh, Dr. Thompson, uh, I sure want to let you know we appreciate you coming on and sharing this information with us, and we're hoping we we can absolutely get you back on. I know you're you're quite busy, but uh, whenever you see Janet Kemp, uh, uh, please tell her we still love her. I will. Uh, I will, and she sends her regards as well. She knows that uh, I'm on today, and I'll make sure that she listens to this, too. Um, And it's such an honor and a a pleasure to be on with all of you, and I would be more than happy to come back again. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, that's that's great, because even though sometimes it might seem repetitious, but we have new veterans coming online all the time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what's your membership up to now, uh, Teresa. It's over. It's what eleven thousand or more. No, it's over eleven thousand. But there's more than that, that that can hear the broadcast. Oh, that. Oh, that. Well, we we do uh, around a hundred and thirty thousand visits a month. So, but. Anybody can log on to blogtalkradio.com slash hatitcom, no dot there, just hatitcom, and uh, this show will be archived there as well as our previous shows, and we continue to work on getting all the old shows up onto this archive. So that's where we are, our visit is at hatit.com or com slash forums, or check out our Facebook, or Google+, Plus or LinkedIn, or Twitter, or whatever else I'm doing this week. 
<laughs> well, I think we're about out of time. So thanks again, okay. Dr. Thompson. Thank you, Dr. Thompson. Thank you so much for having me. It was just an absolute pleasure. And thank you for anyone who's listening. Uh, John, thank you. Cheryl, thank you. And Stretch, thank you. Thank you. Okay. You've been listening to the Hadit. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show, and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Master Show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.